Hey everyone, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and co-founders of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, uh, welcome to the show. We are just a small-time podcast where we like to talk about movies, but not in a pretentious way, but as if you are just coming from the movies and you just want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined by my best good buddies. Let me introduce you to them. First up... You know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, ever so talented Miss Lindley Keith. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. And of course, you know him, you love him. He works my nerves like nobody else. It's Mr. <laughs> Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, Dave. Well, you don't, you don't work. You don't work Dave's nerves. You just you just work my nerves. But hi, Dave. Well, well. Well, but I'm sure Dave appreciates you giving him a shout out so early. <laughs> Folks, we got a we got a great show lined up for you. A lot has happened. Um we are past the drought of no movie news and now we are just knee deep in movie news. Uh so we're going to talk about a couple of things leading up to of course our biggest topic which is the Justice League in our fan favorite uh new segment Go Home DC. You're drunk. Um, <laughs> we need shirts that say that. That's what we need. Please, <laughs> I feel like people would. I feel like people Stop would honestly like they would buy them. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys agree so. that we should have shirts for our go home DC your drunk segment, um, please let us know because I will get right on that real quick. Um, <laughs> that would be a good giveaway for the holidays. <laughs> um yes. oh my goodness that this needs to happen now right right <laughs> we'll put it we'll put it into a, absolutely we'll put it into a, our prototype um first up we're going to talk about uh the end of the dark universe we're going to have a moment of silence for the dark universe because it is over before it even got started um <laughs> I don't even understand how that happens. That's the second well, although that's the second time that's happened for them. That's the second time that they've tried to start this universe and they're like, mm, nope, never mind. <laughs> I will sing the appropriate funeral music. Ave Maria. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm confusing two funeral songs there. Never mind. I'll stop. Yeah. Then, this, this, yeah. Then we're going to talk about uh, the Lord of the Rings and how it is becoming a TV show. And we're going to talk about mainly like what do we want to see from the TV show in order for us to watch it slash what do we need to do to make Stephen watch it? Because I, of course, will not be watching it because it seems like a waste of time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we will be talking about uh the newest the newest Marvel Netflix show, The Punisher, uh just got released this past weekend, and I have some words about The Punisher. Ooh. Some good, some great, and some just what are we doing? Uh oh. I know, Uh-oh. I know. Um I know. And, and I guys, what I am still criticism? I know, right? Criticism about Marvel. <laughs> And guys, I I am still laughing about Thor Ragnarok. Um, hands down, yes. probably the funniest Marvel movie. Um, now whether it was 
whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, we're going to talk about it. Um, but it is hands down the funniest Marvel movie uh, around, and we're going to talk about it. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, maybe we'll convince you, or maybe we'll piss you off. I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, we'll end the night by talking about uh, Justice League in our segment, Go Home, DC, You Are Drunk. Um, so guys, that's a lot of topics to burn through. So right out of the gate, let's do it. Lindley, Steven, are you ready? Ready. Ready. Guys, let's prattle about this topic first. Um, so I was on Facebook the other day, right? As I'm sure you two were as well. And I scrolling through, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I noticed something. It is a BuzzFeed article about the newest Pokemon movie, which I guess kind of retcons the the uh, first couple episodes of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, really. <laughs> but it the climax of this movie, um, because besides all that, besides changing all that, the climax of this movie leads to Pikachu actually saying words like. Not just Pika Pika Pikachu. Pika Pika. He actually oh, says words, and I mean, I grew up with Pokemon. I'm assuming you both grew up with Pokemon. You guys were part of the phenomenon, I'm sure. So, Pika. I mean, what is? I mean, what? How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel knowing that Pikachu, who they made a point like the only. Pokemon that could speak are legendary Pokemon and Meowth for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gets explained in the episode. <laughs> but what about Pikachu? What are your thoughts? What do you think? Oh, man. Lindley, you should go first. Um, I don't get it. I mean, that's always been one of the biggest charms of Pikachu. I mean, he was always the little, the yellow red that went, bigga, bigga. And that was his shtick. And he was really powerful. Like, why does he need to speak? That's just weird. Unless he has the voice of Danny DeVito, then that would be hilarious. It was a weird voice. Like, it was very clear that it was, you know, I mean, it was the, it's the voice actor. I mean, it, it's a woman. Yeah. Um, But it was just... It fell out of place, and I don't know if that's just because I grew up with Pikachu not speaking, um, and now all of a sudden he can say words and have a conversation and, you know, knock back a brewski with me, but I- I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't know, like, I'm very confused by this. Um, Steven, what do you think? I think this was... Like the whole movie, I feel like it was an attempt to kind of play on emotions. And I mean, you know, when the trailers for this movie started showing up, it looked really interesting. It's like, oh, a cinematic treatment of the day Ash met Pikachu. And, you know, that gets the uh, heartstrings going for, you know, a lot of older fans like us Mm -hmm. who, you know, remember seeing that episode as kids. Um but then you dig a little deeper and you discover that the movie's actually an entire retcon 
because in the episode after Ash sees Ho-Oh, he basically has to rush Pikachu to a Poké Center or whatever, and he meets Team Rocket, he meets Misty and whatever. <clears throat> but in the movie, they set out to go find Ho-Oh right away, and they encounter all these other people and things, and it's just, it's very weird mm-hmm. um, how it kind of retcons everything. And um, to have Pikachu start talking after 20 years, it's like changing one of the core things about the you know, the series. Not that it was ever a deep series to begin with. It was just designed to sell toys. But there's just certain things you don't mess with, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't ever see Dr. Claw's face. Peter Parker doesn't hit Mary Jane. Pikachu doesn't speak English. It's really simple. But um, I think there's a viral video going around that ex- that sums it up pretty well because there's like a... It's of that scene, but what the focus is is the audience reaction, mm-hmm. and it was my reaction. It was this, what the, like, <laughs> everyone starts, like, freaking out in the audience, like, what? <laughs> it's just so, it takes you out of it. It's like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel weird. Like, when I go to sleep at night, there's someone in my closet looking at me. Weird. Like, it's weird. It's really weird. Pikachu shouldn't be talking in English. It's weird. I I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like this is... I mean, again, it's it's just a poor decision on their part. I feel like, you know, again, if, if it ain't broke, really, seriously, don't fix it. You don't have to fix anything. Um... So we'll we'll see how this plays out. I mean, to me, the Pokemon franchise died after the Johto League. Um, I mean, I know yeah. I've seen I've seen like some of the shows, like some of the league battles um, look pretty awesome. Uh, I watched one on Facebook one time and it was it was really interesting. It was definitely nice to see how the battles had evolved. Um, but some of the designs for the Pokemon as you know, for every cool one they have, it's like. They have 50 that are horrible. They're just like either, you know, rehashes <laughs> of the original. Eyes. Right. You know, so we will we will definitely. One that was basically a mime. Yeah, pretty much. Or ones that were just magnets. It's been a while since I've seen but, Pokemon, you know, guys. Even then, I mean, for the three uncreative ones that we had, they now have like most of them aren't really that creative. No. No. A lot. I mean, one of them is literally garbage with eyes that evolves into bigger garbage. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, wow. <laughs> they just, they look weird, and <sighs> kids like them. I mean, they we were do. there. We were and there at one point. sell toys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we were. But oh, oh yes, let's oh, yes. let's. There's a, there's a picture of me somewhere, because I thought it was cool. I lined up all of my Pokemon toys, and like mm. put it on the couch and have my like parents take a picture of me like ho- holding a Pokeball. I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Right. And it had explained so much about who I am today. <laughs> but let's let's dig into something that I love these moments. When Lindley goes off on something that she loves, that Hollywood has just bastardized, um, it's it's it keeps like 
it gives it gives me such joy and pleasure to to hear it. Um, as we said, as we said earlier, the the dark universe is indeed over um, before it even got started. Uh, if you guys recall, they did this with Dracula Untold. Dracula Untold was technically technically that was the the beginning of the dark universe, and then it bombed. And so they were like, no, 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 no. Sorry, not that. We're we're gonna start off with the mummy. And then the mummy we're bombed. Have a fresh start. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Welcome to the and of course it, <laughs> and of course Welcome it did go Virginia. wrong. And um and now, now you have uh, nothing. You have absolutely nothing. Um. So Lindley, let let's start off with you. I mean, what is? How do you feel about this? Um. Did you see this coming at all? Um. Because I mean, this isn't like. You would think, you would think that with DC and we're and we're going to talk about it with Justice League, but you would think with DC being so persistent in saying like we're going to make this work, we're going to make this work, we're going to make this work, it's kind of a letdown that they didn't even try to to pick up the pieces. Um, but I, of course, I didn't see the Mummy because um, I listened to you. Um, was it really that bad to kill a cinematic universe or? Could it have been salvaged? (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. I told you. Didn't I tell you? Um, oh, okay. Mm. Use your words. I'm so happy. Words. Okay, words. Hmm. Sentences. Ha. So, I am actually happy this isn't happening. As much, like, I've talked about how much I love the Universal Monsters on this podcast. How how many times? Countless, countless times. So. So many. I'm, I'm glad that this whole cinematic universe has been buried. They've, they've wrapped it up. Slow clap. I'm waiting. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but in all seriousness, I I am glad that they're choosing not to beat a dead horse. Um, I I still think that there is potential with the monsters, as I've always said. Instead of making everything connect with the stupid prodigium, oh, I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. Make an anthology series. You can do reboots. Just stay true to what people have loved about the monsters to begin with. You don't have to make it all connect in one universe. And hire more confident, competent writers. That's, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mourning over this dark universe. They put all their eggs in one stupid basket and they were rotten to begin with. With Tom Cruise, they were cruising for a bruising. (laughs) Oh, I saw it. It was good. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hurt over this. I'm glad. And I've, yeah. I mean, I I got you. I mean, I I was just wondering if it could even be, if it was something that that could be salvaged. Um, no. Nope. No, it's like yeah, I'm gonna. Nope. Because here's the thing, DC, while 
and we'll get to just we'll get to Justice League later, but with DC, yes, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad were train wrecks, but they still had potential to grow because they still had engaging characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, there were some people on the team that cared about the material. Not not all, and not all knew what they were doing, but there was still shimmers. You know, in BVS, we had Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, you know, Henry Cavill as Superman. I, I I enjoy Henry Cavill as Superman. I just think he needs better material. That's not his fault. Mm-hmm. I, and there were glimmers. Like, I enjoyed Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Uh, everything else in that movie, not so much. Mm-hmm. So there were mm-hmm. glimmers. There was no glimmer in The Mummy. Hmm. I think the one thing might have been Sophia Batella as Ominet, but that wasn't explored enough. She didn't have, you know, the chance. And and after the end of that movie, which it's out on DVD, I really don't. Spoiler, if you somehow want to still see the Tom Cruise Mummy movie, she, <laughs> you know, gets kissed by set. So whatever he is, Tom Cruise at the end of the movie, and then withers up. Mm-hmm. So there's no hope of any more Sophia Patella in this prodigium, you dark universe. So there was the last bit of hope. So mm-hmm. yeah, for me, I don't think there was anything salvageable about this. Mm-hmm. And I was even more confused because it was the Mummy. We got that in 2017. The next one was supposed to be Bride of Frankenstein in 2019, in February. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have Frankenstein. We're skipping straight to the Bride of Frankenstein. Which, ugh, I love Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. But you have to, as we've learned from DC's debacle... You got to establish your characters and your universe before you throw people together. Right. You got to establish Frankenstein and his monster before you bring in the bride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, one one could argue, and again, we're going to talk about this with, with Justice League. I mean, one can argue that sometimes you don't always have to. Sometimes the... Sometimes people can just already exist in a universe so that you avoid having to tell an origin story. True. But I think it does depend on I think you I think you just it depends on the writing, you know. I feel like if the writing is is there, if the writing is good, you can do that. Otherwise, yeah, you kind of need an origin story. Yeah. I feel like with, with Especially with a crew that had lines like, Hey, buddy, thanks for bringing me back from the dead and all, but what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that didn't give me much hope as in the writing department of I, the Dark Universe. I mean, if, if audience, if you have not gotten to see uh, The Mummy yet, I highly recommend watching Don't. Cinema Sins. Um, they, <laughs> yeah, do a great, Cinema they do a great job. They show you like everything that you need to see. That's how I saw that's how I saw the mummy. Um I'm not ashamed of it. Um I just I had I especially after Lindley spoke, I just had no interest in seeing this movie um or wasting money 
at Redbox, I know it's only $1.50, but that's $1.50 I could spend on something else, like Wars for the Planet of the Apes, which is actually a great movie. Um, <laughs> literally anything else. I could rent run Wonder Woman again um, <laughs> and watch that instead of uh, instead of The Mummy. So, good riddance to bad rubbish. The Dark Universe, yep. we barely knew thee. Um... I guess Universal will just stick to uh, Fast and Furious for a little bit longer, unless Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Tyrese oh, can gosh. can't settle <laughs> their feud. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. Like That's a whole other kettle of fish. <laughs> a whole other kettle of fish. Um, Steven, you've been you've been awfully quiet over there, but I I'm I'm cu- I'm curious to overthrow you. But yeah, I'm curious. What's I'm up? curious what you think about this this next topic with the Lord of the Rings uh, TV show adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you've been following this pretty care- pretty closely. Um, Fairly, yeah. Um, so what I what I need to know is give me more information. I I just know that they were talking about it, and now it's like a it's going to be a thing. So I don't even know. And then you you told me before the show that they might not even do like the movies like it could be like stuff before the movies like in between the hobbit and fellowship so so what what is this what is this tv show uh well um yeah initially the story broke that uh amazon uh had retained its rights uh for television for its pricing service um but uh then i think i read that um the uh I, I feel like I'd read somewhere that a multi season series uh deal got inked, which basically just means it's happening. Um my first reaction is why? You know, I know you know I I feel like even though it's been like sixteen years or whatever since the Peter Jackson films, they're still really fresh in everyone's memory. Um <clears throat> Largely because, you know, we just had the Hobbit movies not, you know, three years ago. Um, Has it been three years? Dang. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's just so, you know, those films were game changers, very much like Star Wars. You wouldn't ever hear someone talk about, you know, remaking the original Star Wars trilogy um, because it would just be insane. Um, But with Lord of the Rings... You know, as bad of an idea that I think it would be, it's not entirely unexpected because even back then, Peter Jackson was always making, you know, talking about how, you know, it might work really better as a TV show because you're able to use more from the book that way um, that they just couldn't quite get into, a, you know, the narrative structure of a film. And, you know, for anyone who has read the books, definitely, I mean... Even those movies are like, what, 15 hours long if you watch them all back to back. They still don't even cover but like maybe half of what's in the books. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying that I would like to see everything in the books put on screen. Um, I think the biggest thing people miss was like, where's Tom Bombadil? But let's face it, Tom Bombadil was such a boring, meandering (laughs) part of the book. It just completely stops to hear this old man in a forest singing about the trees. 
Um, he was, you know, even more ridiculous than Treebeard in that regard. Mm-hmm. You mean there um, isn't going to be an entire but, season uh, based on Bombadil? Yeah. And <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess from my perspective, if they are going to go ahead with it, what they really need to do is, you know, sort of make it their own. Mm-hmm interpretation and distance themselves from the Peter Jackson films as much as possible, which I do think they can do. You know, if you compare the Peter Jackson films, which I'm sure most people will probably consider uh, the definitive version of these. I I personally do. Um, But if you compare those films to like the Ralph Bakshi cartoon from the late seventies, you know, completely different style. Um, And, in the end, the Peter Jackson films were way better, but there were little <laughs> moments that uh, the Ralph Bakshi cartoon did that actually were better um, and unique in their own way. For example, you know, everyone remembers the Battle of Helm's Deep in the Peter Jackson one um, and that last desperate charge right before Gandalf shows up and they have this huge biblical scale full sized battle and it's really epic and amazing to watch. Uh, but in the cartoon, Uh, When they do that final charge, they get surrounded by the orcs and there's this genuine moment of, holy crap, the heroes are all going to die. Like the music plays it, this dramatic, well, hope you enjoy these heroes are about to die. Like it's a really great moment right before, like they make you think there is no hope anymore Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. for Aragorn and the heroes. And right at the moment they're about to get killed, that's when Gandalf shows up. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the 70s version, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's what I mean. It's like they really do need to kind of forge it and make it their make it their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me personally to get excited about it, um, I would like to see. Uh, you know, I can't think of anything really specific, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I'll tell you what I don't want to see. Hmm. I don't want to see it turn into a show that wants to compete with Game of Thrones. Because mm-hmm. um, that's ultimately what it's going to be compared to. And Lord of the Rings is not a story with sex and rape and, you know, gory murder. You know, it's not Game of Thrones. I think Tolkien would completely roll in his grave if they started doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm a little worried because there are parts in Lord of the Rings, like going back to Tom Bombadil, where the hobbits take a bath and, uh, no joke, they run around the hillside naked, like, and singing and dancing. And it's a totally not sexual thing, but just given today's audience, I just can't help but feel like they'll go there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you know, I guess if they decide to, fine, but... I don't know. I just, I can't imagine that's what Tolkien had in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see the Barrow Whites, though. They were kind of, uh, those were kind of cool. Hmm. They capture the hobbits before the ring wraiths start chasing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? I, I mean, I have to say, I I don't see the point of this. I really <laughs> don't. We we had three, I mean, first off, you gave us three great movies that got progressively better with each passing film. Then 
you gave us an extended edition to kind of cover those bases of, hey, remember all that those other notes that Tolkien wrote about in his books? Now we're going to include them in the films and give you that experience. Then you turned around and you gave us The Hobbit. And yeah, it was like overly bloated and like two movies, like two movies longer than what it needed to be. But you <laughs> gave it to us and gave us a nice little send off, nice little completion of, okay, all right. Now we are done. Um, but my, my problem is, is that I don't see why we need this. Why do we need a TV show to recap all the things that we already know happen? I mean, come on. I mean, like, even if you, even if you do go the route of you tell us what happens between the Hobbit and the, um, and Fellowship of the Ring. First off, we already know what's going to happen. We we already know that Frodo gets the ring. We already know that Gandalf works what? with Aragorn to to bring the ring. I just to me that's boring. That that does not give me any sort of big payoff. Who was asking to watch that? I I get it that there's some like huge Tolkien heads out there that will probably love it and they'll be like, oh, like this is great. But in a world where, you know, yeah, you do have Game of Thrones, what are you going to do to compete with Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones has everything that you could possibly want from it, um, for better or worse. And I just don't see this show competing with the juggernaut that is Game of Thrones. So I just, I, I don't know. I, I what would make me watch it? Story out of. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you can make an interesting story out of Aragorn um, because in the appendices, um, uh, Gandalf has Aragorn set a watch on the Shire when he starts suspecting that it may be the one ring that Frodo has. Uh, but there's also like this epic hunt in search for Gollum where Aragorn has to evade the ring rates. I think you could make something interesting out of that. But I do agree. It's kind of like at the end of the day, we know what the end game is, uh, you know, where fellowship starts. So it's kind of. You know what you just described to I me? Don't know. You, you just described to me all of season one of Inhumans. <laughs> that's because that's all it was it was just like them running around trying to find their way back home and it's like so it's just gonna be aragon just running around running from ring race the entire time while like occasionally seeing Gollum, who's not who's not probably gonna be played um by uh, uh andy circus right it's yeah. just going to be some CGI, which is basically Inhumans. And that's that's another, you know, strike against it, too, because it's like, you know, for all the shortcomings of the original trilogy, and, you know, there were some, you know, that people could legitimately point out, every ounce of those movies was made with love, care, and attention. Amen. Um, and I just do not think you can replicate that kind of lightning in a bottle again, especially with this TV show that one feels way too early 
Um, but also just like you said, why it's, it, it really feels pointless. Mm-hmm. Lindley, what, uh, what would make you watch this? If anything, if, if it wouldn't, I would watch it if it was another story besides Frodo or Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Cause isn't there, wasn't there like another like Lord of the Rings book that was just coming out about like a couple or what was it that just came out? Yeah, that was a new, there was a new one that just came out. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like something, something that's still in the Lord of the Rings canon or lore that hasn't been explored on film yet. So again, I'm always something for, you know, give us something different. Give us something we haven't seen before. I mean, I think I you, when you go there, though, you start running into the rights issues, uh, uh, like the Silmarillion. The Tolkien estate really did not want to, doesn't want to give those rights up um, for filming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, anyone who wants to do that is going to have to wait till like, I think it's like 2042 or something for the rights to expire. Um, unless, of course, they sell it. And I think uh, there were several books. There was one, The Children of Huron, which basically takes one of the stories from the Silmarillion and kind of expands on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I forget the other one that was coming out. Um, I think it kind of does the same thing. Oh, Baron and Luthien, um, which is basically, you know, the prototype story of Aragorn and Arwen. So, you know. We saw that already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I look. I I really cannot uh, see this going well for them at all. I feel like this is dead in the water. Um, I mean, I mean, I feel like people will watch it. I like I said. I feel I feel like there's enough Tolkien fans out there that they're gonna watch this. They're gonna watch it. They're gonna enjoy it. Um, I just personally cannot see myself um, liking this at all. Like I would, I feel like I would just be bored with it and be waiting for those moments that I like from the original story. But in all honesty, if I want to do that, I can just watch the extended edition, like take two days and finish that. So. I will like it if they give me Glorfindel. I don't know what that is. I give d- me my Glorfindel. We've gone through so many adaptations of the story, and we've never gotten Glorfindel. What is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. So you remember the part where Frodo gets stabbed on Weathertop and then Arwen shows up? Yeah. Well, in the Ralph Bakshi version, it's Legolas shows up. But in the book, it's this elf named Glorfindel. Oh, he adds nothing to the story. He just shows up to give him a horse. You just want a character named Glorfindel. <laughs> no, it's true. He's a real character. I'm not kidding. But he doesn't do any... Okay, Steve. No, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being ironic. I'm kidding. Of course I don't care. <laughs> so he was like... Le- Tom Bombadil Let's- and Mary Gold and Glorfindel and... See, he's saying all that right now, but he knows the names. Let's let's not let us not ignore that. You know names of pe- of these people. 
I know songs. There isn't in a Mary Olden, and I can't sing anymore. Otherwise, I may have to give some royalties to the. We don't have the right. We don't have money. <laughs> we don't have money to be playing around with that. Which is why I'm stopping there and not using any more than those first few words. <laughs> Thirty seconds. That's all you get. Oh, did you know that Frodo and Bilbo actually share a same birthday on September twenty second? Wow, that's so fascinating. I hope they cover that in the TV show. Cause that, because that's because that's what that's the type of information I needed to know. Anyways, on to other shows. Missing. On to, on to successful shows. Um So guys. Shots fired, shots fired. Uh Punisher finally released um this past weekend. And of course, I binge watched the entire thing um, because I'm a crazy person. Well, we knew that. Um, it, guys. First off, well, no, never mind, Stephen. I'm not going to ask you because Dave and I both joke. We're like, Stephen's didn't. Stephen hadn't seen it. Um, Lindley, That's I'm guessing. Stephen I'm guessing you are still behind. Things. Yeah, yeah. That's a good I... assumption. I was busy finishing Riverdale. Oh, sweet Jesus. Hi, Dave. <laughs> no, don't knock it. I I knocked it too. I'm like, oh, the show's so stupid. And then I I didn't want to get into it. And then I really got into it. Well, I, I went into Punisher not expecting much, especially after Iron Fist and Inhumans. Um, even though John Bernthal proved that he is... Um, one of the best interpretations of Punisher that we could ever ask for. Um, he, guys, this show made me cry. Oh, like, Whoa. it is so powerful, and it's so because it's not just all right. Because when you think of like a Punisher show, you probably thought the same thing I did. It's going to be a lot of shoot 'em up scenes. But there is so much heart in some of these scenes that are so painful because in the midst of the the Punisher's story, um, which is like about espionage, it's like basically think of Winter Soldier, but no Hydra. Um, That's basically Punisher season one. Um, But in the midst of all this, you're dealing with soldiers who are dealing with PTSD. And the effects of it and the fact that, you know, we live in a society that, you know, as much as we say, like, we support the troops, you know, you have all these men and women who come back from war and we do nothing for them. You know, we give them a pat on the back or like a free meal at, you know, IHOP or something, but don't really do anything for them to get them help and to get them back into civilian life and make that transition. Um, and that is, that is essentially Punisher in a nutshell of season one. Even, even to the point of, um, even to the point of, of the Punisher, Frank Castle, he's also dealing with his own PTSD. Um, it's not necessarily from war, not necessarily from combat, um, but it's from the death of his family that literally every episode has him like 
with flashbacks of his family dying. And there's a beautiful scene in there where it's like early on, but there's a beautiful scene where he's, he questions like, did I kill my family? To the point that like he dreams of himself pulling the trigger on his own family. And watching, watching that and seeing them put so much humanity in the Punisher and making him, he's not like some gun toting, you know, excuse me, excuse me, listeners, but gun toting, you know, like government won our guns um, type of dude. He's like, look, I am so filled up with rage and sadness that the only thing that I want to do is I want to kill as many people as I can because in my mind, that's better than doing nothing. And I cannot say, I cannot say enough good things about Punisher. Um, I think it, to me, that was the best Marvel Netflix show. Like that was the best. And you guys know how I feel about, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, or Daredevil, especially Daredevil. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they are they, those shows are great in their own, you know, in their own way. But the Punisher just has so much heart in it that I highly recommend it to anybody. Here is the thing that I want to I want to bring up to you guys, and this is the biggest issue that I have with Punisher. Now that I've given you my recap and my review, spoiler free. Um, what do you guys think about this? The Punisher does not necessarily have any sort of connective tissue to the larger MCU. Meaning, at no point in time does do they mention that people like Tony Stark, you know, a guy who used to be an arms dealer, is now waging a one-man war in the Middle East. They don't make mention of Captain America being a being a war criminal. They don't make mention of really anything, anything that connects to the larger MCU. And so, but it's still a great show. So let me ask you guys this. And we've talked about it before with, especially with movies. Um, well, everything, stuff outside of the MCU. So things like the X-Men cinematic universe with like Logan not necessarily being connected to the larger X-Men mythology. Um, do you guys think that that was a good option for them? I mean, I know you haven't seen the show, but there, but I mean, you could watch the show and you'd see there really is no connection to the larger MCU besides Karen Page from Daredevil. That's about it. So is that is that a good choice to make as you know, a showrunner mm. or a studio to say like we're going to put Punisher out there, but we're not necessarily going to put Punisher like we're never going to mention Shield, we're never going to mention this that and the other. We're just going to deal with you know, the Punisher and the soldiers who have PTSD, especially considering, considering it would be very easy to make the soldiers even more disgruntled because in a world of superheroes, how much is the military actually going to be needed? You know? And so now to me, that's even worse because you come back home and you're not even a hero anymore. 
because people like Captain America are the heroes. They're doing something that you physically cannot do, but your mind is still broken. Never really thought of that. Right? That's 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 way too deep than I thought I would ever go. <laughs> But it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity that's missed. Yeah. I mean, what what do you think, Stephen? I mean, you, you I mean, you you write a lot, and well, you have I mean, and you have strong opinions about cinematic universes. I do. You know, I mean, I would I would just hope that they do it in such a way that you know, you could. You could make the mental connections that it is part of that universe, even if it doesn't isn't explicit, you know. You know what I mean? Like, don't put things in there that directly contradict what we already know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, you know, don't go out of your way, uh, you know, to, you know, advertise uh, the other stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I guess it's kind of good to see that the, um, this version of the Punisher doesn't lose its mind, I guess, mm-hmm. like the other ones seem to, um, but, yeah, that's about all I'll say about it. Lindley, what, what do you think, as, as a follower of, of the MCU? Hmm. I I honestly don't mind it mm-hmm. because with Infinity War coming up, there's going to be, it's going to be crowded already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as they're focusing and doing right by the character, then you do you, Marvel. Mm-hmm. You do you. Like I said, I I don't think it was I don't I don't think it was a bad idea to um. To not have as much, you know, connective tissue. But I I feel like storytelling wise, you're missing out on an opportunity. You know, to have like to tell a, a much, much, much deeper story. Um it does make me nervous though, for Infinity War, because that's gonna be such a big event. How do you continue to not acknowledge the movies? within the TV shows and vice versa. Although Spider-Man Homecoming does take care of why the movies never reference the TV shows. They're too small time. That's why Tony never really looks into the vulture and why he puts the FBI on it. (laughs) You know, he's like, there's other people to deal with this. That this is not an Avengers level event. That's not what they're for. Which I which I appreciated. Which I appreciated from Spider Man because then we were able to, you know, have a loophole. We were able to explain away why they're why they're not connected. But with so many new TV shows coming out, it's gonna be harder to not say anything. Like tomorrow, for instance. Um, the Runaways, which looks great, by the way. I don't know if you guys have been seeing the trailers on Facebook. Um, the Runaways looks great. Um, that, like, are you going to talk about that? 
Are you going to talk about you not maybe not the kids, but are you going to talk about the pride and this organization of mm, they're like powerful, but they're not like they're not like Doctor Doom level villains, but they are powerful and they're influential in like their own little parts of of the of the world of the country. Hmm. So, do you acknowledge them or do you ignore them? Because, you know, they're not an Avengers-level threat. Because, again, I feel like you miss out on a, on a story, on, like, story if you don't say, like, these kids are choosing to do the right thing because they remember the Avengers when they first showed up. They remember the Avengers when they were in Sokovia. They remember Captain America standing up against the Sokovia Accords. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and, and that would, you know, help explain why maybe, you know, once the Avengers are, this incarnation of the Avengers are done, this explains why so many people are like, the Avengers is something that needs to stay around. This is something that we, we as a society believe in. I have these gifts. How can I use them? What's the best way I can use them? So that's my thoughts. Punisher needs more MCU connections, but other than that, it is it is wonderful. It's a great show. Highly encourage you guys to watch it. It's thirteen episodes though. They went back to thirteen episodes, unlike with Iron Fist and Defenders. So how many but, episodes were those? Uh Defenders was eight, I think, and Iron Fist was ten. It felt longer. But Iron Fist was shorter. And Punisher doesn't lag. There's no lag. There's no like dip in the season. Like I never felt fatigue watching it. I just I I literally sat there and I was like, I want to turn this off. But at the same time, I want to know what happens next. Hence why why I finished it in one weekend. Yeah. Like, literally right before I went to go see Justice League with Dave. <laughs> Hi, Dave. <laughs> Hi, Dave. But, um... But, yeah. I'm sorry. I got I got real... I got real deep. I got real deep and heavy <laughs> with that one. So let's lighten the mood up a little bit with good old Thor Ragnarok. Which... Who thought that that would be such a funny movie? Not me. Well... Funny, yeah. Knowing Taika Waititi was um, directing it, yeah, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be funny. Have you seen What We Do in the Shadows? No. Nah. People, do your homework. Go watch What We Do in the Shadows. You'll thank me. <laughs> I um, I feel like the Statue of Limitations is is passed with Thor Ragnarok. I feel like we can we can delve into uh, spoiler territory if you haven't seen. Thor Ragnarok yet? What the heck is wrong with you? Um, yeah. You, we'll you, do you a, not into the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a spoiler warning for those who haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. Which, if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, what are you still doing? Right. What you, are you doing with your life? Look at your life. Look at your choices. It is. It's. It's great. I. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um. I thought that they were I thought they they handled everything very uh very wisely. Um 
it was nice to see Planet Hulk on the big screen, even if it wasn't like a true Planet Hulk Hulk story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was the best way to evolve the character of Thor and kind of end the journey that he started from Thor 1. Mm-hmm. Where you go from the arrogant warrior to being the king. Um, it does start a new trope, though, with the with the MCU. I don't know if you've noticed it, Lindley. The third movie is always about the hero basically losing what made them a hero in the first place. Ooh. Have you noticed that? Ooh. Yeah. Iron Man loses that his suit. With Iron Man, yep. that happened with Thor, that happened with Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you're doing, Marvel. Yeah. Which I, I, I you know what? I, I had a conversation with Dave about it, and um Dave is a man of Dave is a man of a few words. Um <laughs> so he so he so he 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 was like he was more like listening to me about, you know, about what I thought about the you know, this new trope. Um I kind of, I kind of dig it. I like that we get to see in a, a, a film where he's got to find out what makes him a hero and what makes Thor the hero, which I'm not spoiling anything because it's in the trailers. What makes Thor a hero is not Mjolnir. Not Mjolnir? Not Mjolnir. He, (laughs) um, he learned, like he learns how, like, I mean, he's still strong. He's still a great fighter. But he realizes that, like, there is a certain danger to him when he doesn't have his hammer. Especially going up against Hela, who is a great villain. Mm -hmm. She's a very, like, I mean, mean, you, when you bring in an, an actor with some chops into an MCU film, um, it just elevates it. It really does. Um, uh-huh. You saw that. You saw that with Michael Keaton, um, and what he did with the Vulture. Awesome. You know, and so I was not surprised when I I watched Kate Blanchett um, rocking it out as as Hella. She was fantastic. Oh my gosh she she made me she made me scared for everybody on there, um, and it's and. And she had that right balance of being evil and being comedic. Yeah, she had a few moments. Per- personally, I would have I would have much rather her be a little bit more evil. But when she got dark, she got real dark. Yep. Um, which was which was great. It was great to see that. Um, Loki, I felt was more. More of what I have seen personally from the comics. Um, I mean, I'm I'm more of a recent comic book reader. Um, she I mean, was definitely definitely more of the god of mischief in this movie. Yeah, which I loved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've always loved Loki, but he's always been the kind of like, ooh, I'm the British bad boy, and ooh, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> But he was he was he was really he was really funny and it, he didn't go over the top. Yay, Tom Hiddleston! Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure. 
my uh my bae tessa thompson who i fell in love with in dear white people and creed i thought your bae was michael fassbender no, no, he got replaced, remember? He got replaced with... Yeah, he, he always gets replaced. I know. I well, feel so bad for well, this Well, he man. needs to stop doing horrible movies. He needs to listen to me more. We're having problems. It's it's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's married now. <laughs> to my bae, Alicia Vikander. Um, but Tessa Thompson, um, I love her as Valkyrie. And she was fantastic. Let me tell you something. I am I am all for her idea of getting a female Avengers, which they've done in the comic books. It's called A Force. Um, I would love for them to do an A Force movie with Tessa Thompson, good? possibly as the leader and kind of like the Captain America, um, or the Thor, uh, like kind of addition of the team. Um, put She Hulk in there, maybe redo in humans so that um medusa can can finally have her day um yeah, not bald medusa yeah and not shave her head in like the second episode why would why started. you would never mind we we already talked about this um but she is i mean she's a badass in this in this uh movie um mm-hmm. and it's and it was nice because it was kind of like Marvel's answer to Wonder Woman. Here was here was this outcast with a chip on her shoulder. She wasn't Wonder Woman who was discovering the evils of the world. It was like, no, Valkyrie's seen some things. <laughs> like she, she's been through some crap, right? You know, she's she's been through the devil's anus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who have seen Thor Ragnarok, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> for those of you who haven't, <laughs> for those of you who haven't, um, that statement probably sounds very strange. Um, but she is, I mean, she is just, she's just great. And her she's her delightful. transformation from being just the drunk to kind of becoming the Valkyrie again, um... I mean, she just does a great job with the amount of screen time that she gets. It's not obviously a lot, a lot, a lot, because, I mean, it's it's, it's Thor's movie, but she's in there. I mean, she's not like, she's not the damsel in distress. Like, she's, and she's not the love, and what was nice was she wasn't the love interest. I I feel she flirted, she definitely flirted, but I never felt like, Oh, are they going to kiss right now? It was always like, you know, like I expected her to like slap Thor's ass and be like, come on, baby, let's go. Like, that's what I expected, <laughs> which is a pleasant, which is a pleasant change. Don't we all want to do that? <laughs> um, yeah, Lindley, we all want to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, That's oh! I ever said that. Oh my god! <laughs> I I almost forgot. Uh, first, oh, Mark Ruffalo. Can we talk about Mark Ruffalo in this oh, movie? Oh, he was so good. He is As so both Hulk he is and... too. He is. I always thought that Edward Norton was Bruce Banner. No, <laughs> no. Mark Ruffalo is Bruce Banner because that man steals 
every scene that he's in, whether he's yep. Thor, sorry, whether he's Hulk, or when he finally does become Banner again, and he's so confused, and he doesn't know what's happening, and he freaks out when he finds out, like, he's been Hulk for a year. Um, It was nice. It was nice. It was nice to see even his character evolve. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum. I liked. I liked the Grandmaster. I want. I want the Grandmaster to come back at some point. You know who was funnier than the Grandmaster, though? Korg. Korg was very funny. Starting a starting a revolution, yeah. <laughs> we got a ship. Would you like to come? We We're gonna get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is gonna be the you know what this is gonna be the year of hmm. Korg and Porgs. Oh my God, Lindley, let's not start this again, please. Okay, let's no not Porg start this battle way. again. <laughs> Porg, Porgs and Korg, Porgs and Korg. It was, it was great. It Eric, was it Eric. was definitely a strong movie. Um, I the end credit though. Yes, they did a great job of setting up for um, Infinity Wars in this one, uh, especially if you've gotten a chance to see the the pirated bootleg YouTube uh, Infinity mm-hmm. Wars trailer leak, um, which which we totally haven't seen because that would not that would be, be wrong. <laughs> that right. would be wrong. Even though if you type it into YouTube, it's it's usually the second or third link and. In- on your search. I love how you say type it in the YouTube. The YouTube. Not that like, we'd know that. Like the Facebook. <laughs> like the It's Facebook. just what we've heard. Drop don't, oh! don't, don't make me be Justin Timberlake. Drop the the. Just, just Facebook. Facebook. Just oh, oh, oh. And can we also talk about Benedict Cumberbatch? Sorry. Ah, uh, he was great. He was oh great. my god. <laughs> like, I did not realize that he was going to be that funny in that in that cameo <laughs> he's like so he's like so earth has wizards now <laughs> and Bennett Cumberbatch is just like taking him all through the house <laughs> I've been falling for 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah yeah i mean this is this is without a doubt um one of the best Marvel movies I have seen. Um, mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot. I don't, I didn't hate the last two Thor movies. I didn't hate the first one. I think it's the weakest of phase one. I thought Thor the Dark World was probably the weakest of phase two. But Thor Ragnarok is definitely not the weakest of phase three. Would you Not at say all. it's the strongest? Ah, uh, well, let's see what what all what all is considered in Phase Three. Doctor Strange. Mm, it's better than Doctor Strange, and I like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like them. I like all of them. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front. Wasn't, uh, wouldn't Civil War be Phase Three too? Yeah, Civil War was the beginning of Phase 3. Phase 3 consists of Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, 
Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then another Avengers film make up Phase 3. Spider-Man Homecoming is Phase 3. It's in Phase 3. Hmm. Well, I hate to say it. I think it's a toss-up. At at the moment, it's a toss-up between Doctor Strange and probably Guardians for the weakest of Phase 3. Really? Now, don't get me wrong. Son of a bitch. Both of them, both of them are great. Both of them. (laughs) Family show, Steven. Family show. But to me, Civil War is, Civil War is great, you know. I'm not as I'm not as much as a purist when it comes to the Civil War storyline. I like the MCU's interpretation of that storyline, so I'm gonna I'm gonna boost that. I'm gonna rate that one higher. Doctor Strange was good, especially as far as introducing magic. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I mean, again, the movie made me cry. Spider Man Homecoming was just ah uh, wonderful. I watch it daily, um, and then Thor Ragnarok was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dave, who's probably listening, he would probably say Thor Ragnarok is the weakest. He liked it, but he didn't like how funny it was. Hmm. Which I I can understand. He's like, it's called Ragnarok. <laughs> Should the end of the world really be that funny? And he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. It's the end of the world as we know it. But you definitely see, like, a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 vibe from it. Mm. Like, you you definitely see, like, it carries through. Yeah. So. We will have to see. We definitely, definitely Mm. have to see. Um, Let us know. Let us know, gang, if you, how you felt about... Thor Ragnarok. Did you enjoy it as well, or did you also think it was too funny? Hmm. Can it be too funny, Lindley? I think I think the only way it could be too funny if it's like you can, you know they're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Like this one, like all of the humor seemed to come really easily. True. If they were just like, hey, like, joke, one-liner, hey. Mm-hmm. Which, I kind of have to say, Uh-oh. might have been one of the flaws of Justice League. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Guys, is it that time? Is it that time that already? Time. It's that time, Finally, after three years, we come to the moment. Guys... Welcome to our brand new segment, my personal favorite one. Go home, DC. You're drunk. You're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, so let's talk about Justice League. It's finally here. It's finally come out. This is the movie that, in all honesty, we've all been waiting for because we felt like this was going to be the movie to define the DCEU. This was it. So, let's talk about it. Okay. I I gave my initial thoughts on on Thor Ragnarok. So, Lindley, why don't why don't you why don't you start this one off? What 
what did you think of Justice League? And I'm and I'm personally very curious too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't hate it. Hmm? I honestly didn't hate it. Yes, it did have problems. It had a lot of problems. But in comparison to like BVS and Suicide Squad, I actually had a good time watching this movie. I'll I'll start let me start with what I think the strengths were. Mm-hmm. I thought everyone was well cast, and I think they actually had some really good chemistry together. The the moments that worked was just like small moments between characters. Um dang it, I can't mention one of them without spoiling something. I was about to say, this um, is spoiler-free review, guys, so you don't yeah, have to Yeah, this is spoiler-free, so I gotta, I gotta keep it spoiler-free. I, there were some jokes that did work, some that did not. Um, it, but I had fun. I had fun watching it. It was, it was pretty well-paced. It was only two hours, so it didn't drag. I don't think there was anything really unnecessary in the movie. And one thing that I think this is what I appreciate the most Hmm. is that in the whole, like getting the team together, there wasn't the cliche, like, Oh, this can never work. Like, Oh, we'll never be a team because we're just so different. (laughs) We're not a team. We're a time bomb. We're (laughs) X. Thank you, Bruce Banner. No, that's from that's from Avengers. Avengers. (laughs) Oh oh god, I was about to say, Jesus, (laughs) that's in the Avengers. Yeah, Um, uh, yeah, you know, at the beginning they were like, "Uh, I don't want to do it. Then when they came together, they actually worked well together. There was no like, I'm in charge. No, I'm in charge. It's like, okay, this is what we got to do. You do that. You do that. Let's get it done. Mm -hmm. I I I really appreciated that. They had their differences, but it wasn't like, oh, this is stupid. We'll never be a team um, trope, which I was like, okay, mm. okay, DC, go high road. Because that's what the Avengers did when they first got together. They had their, you know, we have our differences. We're going to fight about it together. And then at the last moment, be like, oh, we're a team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, You know what this movie did hmm. that I never thought I would ever say out loud? What? Justice League got me excited for an Aquaman movie. Yeah. I want more Aquaman. Holy cow, Jason Momoa. Yeah, he, he stole that. He stole that he movie. He stole the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was like Thor in the water, but still, he was he was the best part of of Justice League. Every scene he's in, he steals. Yep. Every scene. Just the the I won't I won't spoil anything, but just the scene with the lasso. Oh God, I died. The scene. That was too funny. Broke me. That was too funny. And the and and Flash's reaction. It was <laughs> it killed me. 
so yeah, um, those were, I think, the biggest strengths of the movie. Um, it did have problems, though. Oh, yeah. It had a lot of problems. One was, you can clearly see what was directed by Snyder and what was directed by Whedon. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. whole three beginnings, including the slow Watchmen-esque intro <laughs> oh you felt that without superman you felt that too <laughs> yeah it was the, it was the intro it was the times are a change in intro from watchmen mm-hmm. just in a different with different cinematography and a different song yep uh plus there was like two beginnings before that right um the the beginning was a little weird. The pacing wasn't weird, but just the like random jumps from like, oh, we're, we're here now. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're here now. Oh, we're in Themyscira. Oh, we're in Gotham. Um, that was a little jarring, but once everything came together, it was it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was talking about jokes, there was a lot of jokes that hit just really well. And again, you could tell that was Whedon. But then there were, there's a lot of one-liners, and I think we got that in the trailer, people going like, my man, all right. <laughs> um, kind of like that. There, there's a lot of one-liners that didn't work, and as much as I hate to say this, and I really do, I actually do like Ezra Miller as The Flash. Mm. But it just seems the only reason he was there was to be comic relief. I thought that was going to be Aquaman, but no, that was that was all the Flash was there for. Mm-hmm. He got a couple civilians out and then acted really awkward. And I don't, I, that's not Ezra Miller's fault, because you could tell he was having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was a big problem that I think the film had. And again, that goes with, they... They they developed, I think they tried to develop him a bit more than they did Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, which it was also really jarring to see Dr. Manhattan as the Flash's dad. That's all I could think about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm that, not the only one. That is all, that is legit all I could think about was just, I was like, so that's Dr. Manhattan. Like, that's what I'm <laughs> looking at right now. Also, uh, I kept thinking, like, so is everybody from Watchmen going to be in <laughs> the DCEU? Because yeah, Mira, isn't Mira in Sucker Punch? No. Oh, no, that wasn't her? Oh, Mm-mm. no, who am I thinking of? You're thinking of that other girl who looks like Amber Heard, but is not yeah. Amber Heard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, I know exactly who you're talking about. Like, no, okay. no, no, she looks like Amber Heard, but she's not she Amber does. Heard. Which I was actually... The whew. who uh, do we know who is directing Aquaman? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Cause that the the underwater scenes need work. This the CGI in this movie is not great. Mm-mm. I will say this CGI not the strongest, and I think that the underwater Ooh. scenes, while actually really compelling, it'll be need work. It'll be good. Um, it's uh, it's James Wan. Oh, yeah. okay. James, James Wan's going to rock that out. Okay. He's got a nice, he's got a good foundation from Justice League. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got a good foundation. And I think that goes along with the rest of the DCMU, EU, whatever cinematic universe DC is calling it. I think this was, it's it's still not there, and it's still not on the level that Wonder Woman was, which I think a lot of that is because of Patty Jenkins and how strong a director she is. Mm-hmm. But it's a step in the right direction. It's not perfect. It had a lot of flaws, but... Dang it, I would be lying if I said I didn't have a fun time. I I have to I have to agree with you, Lindley. Um I yes, Dave, I'm eating my words. Um <laughs> I I actually did have a good time watching Justice League. Um here's here's a couple of things that I, I love that I'm not gonna a lot of things that Lindley that you said I I also really enjoyed. Um but one of the things I really enjoyed was the fact that Danny Elfman's score. Did you yeah. hear? Did you hear? There are bits and pieces of the original Batman score in there, and Superman. Yes, and I when I they heard deal it, a lot of um, they deal a lot with you know Superman dying, yeah, and Superman being dead in this movie. So there's like while talking about that, there's a few like a, even in the credits, it's. John Williams is credited. Yeah, I um, I I I really as as a as a fan of of DC Comics and you know the DC movies before the DC EU, um, I I really appreciate hearing that, um, because as I mean that's that's my child that's from my childhood, you know, like when I hear the Batman theme song, I know it. So when I heard bits and pieces of it when Batman's in Gotham, um, it got me excited because I was like, stuff's about to go down. Um, it's it's you know what I realized? It's taking me a bit to get used to a comic book Batman Ooh. as opposed to the realistic Batman that we've been given for the past like three incarnations of Batman. Um with the Dark Knight trilogy, it because it was weird to see Batman moving around so quickly and fighting so like almost superhuman like, which in the comics like that's how he fights, and so it makes sense to see that on screen. But I'm so used to seeing a more sluggish Batman who is just a regular guy fighting other regular guys. Um, it's a little jarring. It's a little jarring, but I, I mean, yeah. it's something that, it's something I, I, I quickly got over. Um, I think, and this is going into, you know, more talks about the future of Batman. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is the route they need to go. Mm-hmm. Because this older Batman makes no sense in a young Justice League. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Like, everybody's young. He's the oldest. Well, I mean, Wonder Woman technically is the oldest, I guess. But I would say Aquaman is probably not that young as he's no, to be. N- no, but I think from an Atlantean's point of view, I think he is. Yeah. You know, sort of like how Diana is... Still, like from an Amazonian standpoint, like she probably is pretty young. 
Yeah, even Steppenwolf called her a girl. Yeah. So Bruce is like... Child, child. Steppenwolf called her child. So Bruce is the only one who is, like, acknowledged as being an, you know, being old. um, And kind of being a little past his prime. Um, And you can see that by his hesitation to go into battle, which I think is on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that is a, um, I don't think that that is a mistake for him to always go into the Bat Batmobile. I don't think it's a mistake mm-hmm. for him to resort to guns. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see him give it up to, you know, Dick Grayson or anything like that. I don't want to see him give it up to like any of the Robins. I really want to see him give his uh i really want to see him maybe fall into a lazarus pit and come back Mm. as young bruce wayne but as jake gyllenhaal oh that that would be a good outing because i know ben affleck which which it makes me so sad because he's the strongest part of one of the strongest parts of these movies. He is. He's a great. He's a great Bruce, Bruce Wayne. He's a great Batman. Mm-hmm. But he he wants out, and if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to. No. Which makes me sad. Well, and to be quite honest, I mean, as much as I love Batflick, um, I I was talking about Jake Gyllenhaal the other day with a friend of mine, and. Guys, I mean, you guys have, I mean, you, I don't have, you guys know him. I don't have to point out his resume. The man does amazing work and he becomes these characters. Mm-hmm. Was that Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler, Southpaw, Prisoners. These oh. are just a few. Brokeback Mountain, he embodies these characters to the point that you forget about Jake Gyllenhaal completely. You Bubble only boy. see this character. Um, so I, I feel like it would be, it would be pretty good to see Batman get an actor who would dig deep and he knows, he would know there's three, there's three Bruce Waynes. There's Bruce Wayne that you see in public. There's Bruce Wayne that's private. Who's the brooding kid. And then there's Batman. And then there's Batman. And I feel like he could, I feel like he could embody he can embody all those people. I feel like then he would be a great friend to Clark. Because right now, he feels like Clark's, like, way older brother. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't they don't seem like friends to me. Which is, in my mind, that is who Bruce and Clark are. They're friends. And I don't get that with this. With this guy. Um... This is getting into slight spoiler territory, but I feel like we all know spoilers. So I'm letting you, I'm warning you now. Um, we all know that Superman comes back. Um, I, I think that this is the Superman that we should have been given from the beginning. Oh, he was great in this. I feel like this is the Superman that is hopeful, truly hopeful. He's not brooding. He cracked jokes. He cracked jokes. He was fun. He cracked so many jokes, and I loved it. Yeah. Like, I felt like, there's the Boy Scout. That's the guy, that's the Superman I hate. 
<laughs> like, I was like, I was like, God, I hate you so much. I'm like, but I'm so happy you're back to being him. <laughs> That's what, I was actually really, really surprised with just how much he played into this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be the in credit. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he did, he was in a good bit of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And wasn't the movie only about two hours long? Yeah, it was exactly two hours. It was that's awesome. It was the right amount of length. And it was, that's, it was the right that's length. exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. And it wasn't, it, there wasn't, if there were plot, there's probably plot holes in it, but there were not like BVS or Suicide Squad where it's like glaring plot holes that you see at the first viewing. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those movies that, thank you, DC, you don't need to go watch the extended edition to at least find some semblance of enjoyability. Right. Right. <laughs> they learned. They listened. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And and Whedon learned from the first Avengers that you shouldn't spend 20 minutes fixing the helicarrier. <laughs> you should get you should get to what we want to see superheroes fighting in costume that's what we want to see that's what we needed yep you know it's like it's like what i said with you know star wars the force awakens we need to know that they can take care of us before they can try something new like, just give us a faithful story. And if you can do that, we'll buy whatever else you're selling. Now, I did feel like there was a missed opportunity, and maybe it was on purpose. There was a missed opportunity to reference the Suicide Squad at least a little bit. Especially with it having been set in Central City. Right. I was like, so wait a minute. So, Amanda Waller... Makes a big deal about, like, Superman's dead, so now we have to come up with the Suicide Squad. But then when stuff hits the fan, you don't call in the Suicide Squad. Like, I know they weren't going to do anything, but it would have been nice to even have a scene where Bruce goes to Amanda Waller and is like, my team will handle this. And it could have been, like, an ongoing race as far as, like, Amanda Waller's like, can your team even do this? That would have added a whole other element to it. Mm-hmm. You know, to say like, these villains can do something that your team can't do. You don't have a team. I have a team. Which, and again, spoiler warning, if you didn't hear it the first time, speaking of teams and villains, Mm-hmm. How about that after credit scene? I have never been so excited to see old, uh, uh, what's his name? Jesse, not, oh, shoot. not Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> is it's it Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, it is Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the other guy that showed up. Oh no 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 no! I was getting to him. Yeah. No, no it's I Jesse was saying. I've never, I've never been so excited to see Jesse Jesse Eisenberg in like forever. But 
I was so glad when he showed up only to meet with Deathstroke. It was, ooh, he, Deathstroke looked nice, too. Yes. I, I am was like, you could hear everybody who was, like, still left in the theater go, ooh. Mm-hmm. When he, like, as soon as you saw the little things flapping in the wind and the katanas, you're like, oh, yeah. it's him. Oh, it's Deathstroke. Yes. And surprisingly, yes. that's what Lex is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. He was more Lex. Yeah. He wasn't, ooh, I'm a Jolly Rancher. I'm the Joker. Which was, which was, <laughs> I mean, some Granny's peach tea. I mean, seriously, <laughs> Granny's peach tea. And he was, I mean, he was. I got, I, I understood the power. You know, like I yeah. got it. And if yep. they, and if they can just hold on to that, if they can just keep him from playing it. And keep it from being social network. Yeah, they will be so much better off. Yeah, they will be so much better off. Yeah, and they have to have a secret fortress in a swamp that needs to happen. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Actually, you know what? I'm actually I would be excited to see the Joker in that. Just as long as it's not Jared Leto. <sighs> it's gonna be Jared. Unless, a a a unless the theory is true and that's not actually the Joker. I wouldn't mind that theory. I mean, <laughs> we might get it. Yeah. Also, since we're on spoiler territory, can we talk about all the Easter eggs in this movie? Oh. I can name three right off the bat. Oh, there's tons. Um, one was pointed out to me by, by our friend of the show, Jason Marnoka. Um, hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. So, What's up, Jason? Um... In the beginning scene where Batman is fighting that creature yep. or whatever. Yep. Did you see the the building in the background, the big sign that it held? Indeed. So you know who is canon in this universe and who finally might be in a stinking Batman movie? Uh, you know who needs to be in a Batman movie more like it? Black Old Clayfix. Oh, that was Black Mask. I thought it was I thought it was Clayface. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I guess that could be true on both sides. I was, like, me... I was more excited about Black Mask though. Well, Black Mask was. I mean, I feel like that's a given. Yeah. Because that's. I mean, he was. Because I mean, Black Mask was. He was. He was in charge after the Falcones, wasn't he? Yeah. One second, I'm doing some doing some we're quick do, research while we talk. I'm, lo- I'm looking up his post. <laughs> besides that, besides that little sign, um, there was also like a sort of flashback scene to like Steppenwolf's first time he tried to do the whole world domination thing. Mm-hmm. And he brought up, oh, and, and you know, it didn't bring up. You saw the Green Lantern Corps. Yes. So that's a thing, and I was really sad that the after credit scene wasn't Army Hammer as as Hal Jordan. <laughs> I know it was rumored, and I know it was a long shot, but a girl can dream. <laughs> a girl can dream. And I swear, there was another one. 
that I don't know if it's a thing, but at the very end, when they're doing, like, the heroes moving on, doing their own individual things, mm-hmm. there was one scene, it wasn't, it wasn't in Gotham, and it wasn't with Batman, it was with Wonder Woman, but it was like she was stopping a robbery. Did you see this? She was stopping a robbery, mm-hmm. and behind her, the one, there was a woman being arrested, a very sleek-looking, put-together woman who would make a fetching Selena Kyle. Hmm. And then the child that goes to get an autograph from Wonder Woman is wearing stinking cat ears. I did notice that. Did you see that? I did notice. You- yeah, I did notice yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I did. Also, no, no, Janice Cos. Sorry, going back. Yeah. Janice Cosmetics is related to Clayface. Okay. Yes. But he he related. Um. Oh shoot! What is it? He related it also back to Black Mask, which I would totally be canon for. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking up Black Mask Easter egg. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like, you know what, they, they did a good job in, they did a great job in this movie. Now, of course, the name of the game is, how do you keep that going? Mm. You know, can you, can you honestly hold on to that momentum and continue to give us a great universe. Because Justice Justice League has essentially kind of reset the clock for them. And I think we, and I think we even said too, like, if Justice League failed, then it was all over for the DCEU. There's not, there's no, there's no recovering from that. But the fact that they were successful, the fact that they were able to give us something that was enjoyable, albeit with flaws, but still enjoyable. But you also had to define what successful means mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because while this is a step in the right direction as far as bvs and suicide squad this out of the dcu movies this has been the one that has performed the worst as of the end of the weekend it's only reached 96 million i mean yeah but review wise it's done better than suicide squad at only a 39 percent though as as far as the tomato meter goes last time I checked which I'll check again right now but the last time I checked it was sitting at 39% mm-hmm. which yeah it's an improvement but it's still not that much of an improvement which to me I believe that I it, it deserves more than 39% oh yeah I would say at least at least a 50% mm-hmm but, 
It is not. So, it is nowhere near. Is nowhere near as bad as Suicide Squad. No, it's it's no. better. It's, it's better than Batman v Superman. I still think Man of Steel and Wonder Woman have the number one and two spot. Yeah, it's gone back up to forty percent. Okay. As of this recording, ninety six million. Forty percent. Mm-hmm. Which I'm trying to see what Thor Ragnarok has made at the box office. Let's see. So far, Thor Ragnarok has made uh, two hundred and eleven, and it's been out for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. I want to say. So. It's not getting off to a good start, but it's a better start than the other movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be okay. I think that... I think that what they what they proved was that Wonder Woman wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. That they are committed to trying to give us a better product. Yeah. And me as a fan, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Because for so long, I felt like they were just ignoring fans. Yeah, and it does It does seem they listened, which DC, thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank you. you're still drunk. <laughs> you're, they're only slightly tipsy now. Right. Okay, maybe not slightly. They're tipsy, but they're, they're, they're not drunk. They're, they're, they're sobering, sobering up. That's a great, go. that is a great... <laughs> Way of putting it. Go, Steven. Snaps they are for Steven. <laughs> that was good, Steven. <laughs> yeah, but let's, I, yeah, let's, let's keep, keep, keep the streak going. Let's, let's keep getting better and better, DC. Indeed. Well, folks, we've reached the end of our show. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, and I, and I want to know from you guys too, what, what do you all feel about, uh, the Justice League? And, you know, do, do you think that this is a step in the right direction or do you think that this is another misstep for, for DC? I've, I've actually read a lot of different things. Some people love Justice League. Some people hate it. Um, some people are like us where they have, uh, some reservations about liking it so much. Um, but we're going to continue watching and seeing what they do with it. Um, also just to re just another update, even though the Janus Corporation is, is related to Clayface, it is also related to Black Mask. So I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't pulling the, the Clayface thing from nowhere. Um, but we will certainly see where this goes. Um, apparently, Black Mask is rumored to be the villain in Gotham City Sirens, but yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Because regardless, regardless, I I do have to say, if I can add one more thing about Justice League, uh, I did like the aesthetic of Gotham City. It was very New York. It was very foggy. And it, Buggy New York. it felt like the, it felt like a cross between, I saw shades of Tim Burton in it. Right? Yeah. I saw, I saw shades 
of the old school Batman films in it. And I really like that. Because I feel like Matt Reeves is going to have a nice little playground for himself when he does his movie. Yeah. So. But anyways, yes, we're ending. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Folks, like I said, we've had a wonderful time with you. And we like to keep the party going with you. Uh, First up, Mr. Stephen Bailey. Where can the folks at home reach you? Well, folks at home, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can find me at Bailey's Workshop. Uh, You can also find me on YouTube just simply by typing in Bailey's Film Workshop. My channel uh, should be the first thing to pop up. And I just want to make a little plug here. You might want to stop by the channel uh, on Christmas Day, December 25th this year. Um, Just because there might be a little... Uh, something waiting for you. There might be a uh, a teaser of some <gasps> sort. Hey! Uh, I didn't know about this! Surprise! Hey. Oh my gosh! Hey. Merry Christmas us! done and I can actually do this. <laughs> nice. Way to go, I'm buddy. Now. Listen to Steven. Go check out his channel, Christmas Day. Oh, what? Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Uh, folks at home, you can find me on Instagram at Little Lottie. It's L-O-T-T-I-E. I post a lot of things about cosplay, things about my life. I also have a cosplay Facebook page on on Facebook um, at Little Lottie, all one word, cosplay. And of course, folks at home, you can always reach me on that Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy. You can also find uh, Popcorn Prattle on Twitter at Popcorn, P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. You can also reach uh, Popcorn Prattle via our Facebook page and Facebook group. We would love to continue the conversation and strike, start a community of Prattlers. Um, Yeah, and have some more fun. We're all about fun here. Um, I think this break, I might try to work up a mark, uh, like a like a markup for the uh, go home DC. You're drunk shirts. Please do. I feel like that's a thing we we yes. must have. <laughs> you can help design if you want. I think that would be a wonderful idea. <laughs> um. All right, folks. We've reached the end of our show. We've plugged away. So we leave you with this. From all of us, to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices.